Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is a producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, the Elite Eight is here. We missed out on our Rapid Reactions podcast. We tried to make it work, but you know, I was driving home over an hour and a half back home. Cell phone service wasn't great. We tried. I've been under the weather, but the show must go on. So we apologize for not putting out the Rapid Reaction podcast for the Sweet 16 round. But we're looking forward to the future now. The present is here. The future is right ahead of us. Elite Eight games tip off this week. And Ramin, we got a lot to cover, as no one else can do. I will try to do my best to hit on every single game, boys and girls. And in this podcast, we will be talking about the boys. We will indeed, Kyle. I hope you're well, and I hope you are ready to run it down. As you introed, we're going to be touching on all 32 games. So without further ado, let's start Class 7A as we always do. First game, top left quadrant, uh, Norcross versus Roswell. Norcross, very impressive in their 68-53 win over Grayson. Was at that game, 20 points, 11 rebounds for Brandon Boston, and they were just too big inside and uh, Grayson was not able to uh, uh, to out physical them, and Grayson was not able to click it uh, on on all cylinders. Um, Roswell uh, fell to the three seed in Region Four, went down to Lowndes, beat a Lowndes team out of a, a pretty weak Region One, and then Marietta, a four seed, uh, they came back down to earth, beat them by eleven, and were blowing them out at halftime. Um, if Roswell wants a chance at winning this game, George Pridget. Pridget is going to have to go crazy from the three-point line. Miles Heron, uh, a veteran leader, is going to have to pull out all the stops, but I just do not foresee that happening. Uh, Norcross has been playing very good basketball in the state tournament now, and um, you know, just looking at this one on paper, this should be a game that Norcross should win by 20-plus, uh, but anything can happen in the Elite Eight and in the state tournament, but I'm looking for Brandon Boston just to be way too special. Kyle Sturman pushing the pace. Issa Muhammad, if he plays like he did against Grayson, uh, just very strong, steady. Uh, Daniel Ramsey coming off the bench, going to Xavier. Um, you know, not many teams can say they have a, a high major Division One uh, signee uh, coming off the bench for them, and especially when they're that big as well. So just way too many weapons for Norcross. Kayla Murphy had a great game against Grayson. Uh, I think Norcross will uh, win handily against Roswell. Yeah, Brandon Boston, who, if I'm not mistaken, just picked up a Kentucky offer here over the weekend. Wow, yeah, that's that's uh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's pretty good if that's true, uh, and that that makes sense. And uh, Roswell, they just do not have anybody that's going to Kentucky, and for that reason, I think Norcross continues on and they roll on into Final Four, where I think they will see uh, a pretty good team. I mean. Yeah, and it's going to be the winner of McEachern versus Peachtree Ridge. McEachern, they uh, took care of business, I believe, against Cherokee in the Sweet 16, won by about 20, 30 points. Yep, 83-51, to 51, and then Peachtree Ridge, uh, a gritty game against Archer, won 73-66. Um, again, the same stuff we've been harping on McEachern. They play five, six guys, not a deep bench, but it doesn't really matter. Uh, Petrie Ridge likes to grind you out, play physical, defensive basketball. BJ Knight has had a really good season, six foot five. Amari Davis is six foot eight. Uh, Richard Rivers, seven foot. So right there, the physicality and the size, uh, Peachtree Ridge, uh, can kind of match up with McEachern, but I don't know if they're going to have enough offensive firepower to keep pace with McEachern. Um, with Sharif Cooper, who's just been on a scoring bench, who's doing whatever he wants, Isaac Okoro. Uh, Jared Jones protecting the rim inside. Uh, th- they've just been too too strong, too good. Uh, if Petrie Ridge wants to stick around in this game, I think Cameron Oyola is going to have to knock down some outside shots along with Christian Williams, who's had a really good season. Um, but I just I just can't foresee uh, McEachern uh, failing to get past a, a really gritty, a really tough Petrie Ridge team, but. I just think they don't have enough offensive firepower and enough horses uh, to compete with McEachern. Over on the right side of the bracket in Class 7A, first up we have Pebblebrook, who's going to be taking on Meadow Creek. It's a uh, Pebblebrook team who took care of Etowah by 12, 63-51 in the Sweet 16, and Meadow Creek who took care of Newton by 12, 69-57. Yes, I'm looking at uh, a really 
tough matchup here. Two good teams. Pellbrook still might be a year away. Jalen Harper's had a really good season, uh, but he's got all those young sophomores that you know they can pose some problems. You know, you got a, a handful of six-six guys uh, that always bodes very well. And Devin Gordon is a, a very solid senior guard who's had a really good year. Um, but they're going up against a Meadow Creek team that has really remodeled themselves with the transfers in the offseason. Um, Damian Dunn going to Temple, I think he's just going to be too strong. Him and Jalen Benjamin going to UAB both had really good games against Newton uh, in that second-round matchup. And I think Meadow Creek, just what sets them apart from a lot of other really good teams across the state of Georgia is their defensive prowess. Um, that's just a team that's really anchored in defense, and they have some guys that can really go out and score. Talking like Jameer Chaplin, who was a region player of the year. Um, so I think this could be a, a pretty close game, pretty entertaining game, but I think Meadow Creek's just going to have that championship composure and poise, and I think they'll be able to pull it out. The last... Uh, Elite Eight, excuse me, game in Class 7A is going to be Discovery versus Tift County. Both of these teams, one season, the bracket, uh, both of these teams gritted out two point, tough two-point victories in the Sweet 16. Oh, yeah, and so Tift, yeah, they held Wheeler to five second-half uh, field goals, which is ridiculous and crazy, but when you go down to play at Tift County, it doesn't matter who's putting on the uh, the jersey. It's It's no buckets. Chris Wade took over, and that is another team that is just going to punch you in the mouth, play physical, muck it up, play defensive basketball, make things ugly. And uh, they found a way to get the job done. And, you know, Marquavius Johnson, one of the better guards in South Georgia, just a tough-nosed kid. Uh, Jatorian Warren has some size on him. He's coming into his own. And it's a, it's a roster full of guys with no offers, nothing going on at all with recruitment. And they play with that chip on their shoulder, and they were able to do that against Wheeler and really just you know smacked him in the mouth and shut him down in the second half and discovery played another you know team similar like that shiloh with more big names with tanara lane and kendall lewis uh, but a team that likes to get it done defensively but discovery grinded it out um i think tiff county coming to discovery that's that's gonna be uh that's gonna be tough for them because home court advantage is so huge in south georgia they're not gonna have that luxury against discovery and discovery's got some really good guards Jaden walker uh, London Riley, Hassan Reynolds, all these guys that can knock down shots. Uh, Ian Hardy, Leslie Nakurum inside. Um, I think Tiff County can make this a tough game. They're going to follow that blueprint that Shiloh did and just defend, defend, defend. I don't know if they'll be able to score quite enough, but uh, I don't think this is going to be a, a, a runaway victory for Discovery. I think Tiff County is going to be coming to Metro Atlanta with something to prove, and I think this game could be a you know a give give or give or take back and forth game uh, throughout the fourth quarter. I like to think that Discovery uh, you know just has a little bit more in the uh, in the chamber and they get past Tiff County, but I think Tiff County if they don't go down, they're not going to go down without a fight. Down to Class 6A, we're going to have Brunswick taking on one of the few four seeds remaining in the tournament, Douglas County. Douglas County handled their business uh, against Sequoia. They pulled away late there, and that is a, a very tough four seed. And they're playing Brunswick, who kind of benefited. Well, they absolutely did benefit from Mackenzie McFadden, Georgia Southern six foot seven signee from Coffee, who tore his ACL in the first round, so he was unable to go. And Joyful Hawkins picked up a loose ball and flung one in from the baseline uh, to give uh, Brunswick that win. And this this is going to be a – I think this could be a good matchup. Um, Joyful Hawkins has been the go-to guy, uh, no doubt, for Brunswick as, you know, during his freshman season, one player of the year and everything in that region. Uh, but Brunswick, a, a team, uh, Coach Chris Turner, always a, a really gritty team that, you know, does what it takes to win games, and they're always a super tough outcome February and even come March when they get that far. Uh, but Shaden Bag is going to have to have a really good game toward Dickens Jr., uh, Xavier Bean, guys like this are going to have to really step up. In Douglas County, uh, I do kind of like Douglas County in this one, even though they're going to be going down south. It's going to be very difficult. But again, talking about Region Five, they've seen the best of the best all year long, and I think Omarion Smith and Jeremiah Smith defensively are going to pose some problems. And you know, it's going to be a great war with Omarion uh, going up against Joyful Hawkins. I'm sure there's going to be 
tons and tons of block shots in this game, but I think they have enough size and physicality where they can kind of make life hard on uh, on Hopkins. And I think uh, Douglas County will be able to find a way to advance. I think J.J. Richards uh, comes up clutch in this one. But I think this is going to be another one that is definitely going to go down to the wire. And I would not be too surprised to see Brunswick advance with that home court advantage. Uh, But I think it's going to be a great game. The next game on the left side of Class 6A is going to be Mundy's Mill, who had a respectable seven-point victory over Bradwell Institute, taking on Tri-Cities, who ended up beating Chattahoochee by 11 in the Sweet 16 in what was a back-and-forth game all the way up to the fourth quarter. Yeah, this is going to be a very interesting one, and I haven't been too hot on Region 4 um, all season long, and I've been... uh, you know, real bullish and uh, promoting Region Five, saying they're they're the best. And Tri Cities was my state championship pick. This will be interesting because if Raekwon Brown has a good game for Money's Mill, they can win this game. And every single time I've seen him play, he's been excellent. Now I talk to scouts and coaches and I say, well, his motor's not always there, and this, that, and the other. And you know, that's it's a fair assessment. He can sometimes look like he's just cruising out there because he can be smooth, but. Uh, man, when he is engaged and he can turn it on, Raekwon Brown is really good. We saw him at the Sportal Showcase. Uh, he, he, he blocks shots. He's about six foot five on the wing. I think he has a ton of upside. He can shoot the three point shot pretty well. Uh, but he's going to have to be big. Jordan Black, uh, again, at six foot seven, he's going to have to be a uh, matchup problem. Uh, I, I would assume Alex Bean, uh, would have some chances defending him inside. Um, I'm looking at Demarcus Fannin, uh, another big bruiser for Mundy's Mill inside a low post threat. Uh, I think he's very important. I think those are the big three as far as their front court goes. Uh, all guys that can really attack and score down low. But Tri Cities, I just really love their depth. I, I love Amari Forts as a coach. They won in that difficult region. Uh, Peyton Daniels has been turning into a star this year. Demarcus Johnson is still the microwave who can get hot and knock down three threes in a row. Uh, Demetrius Reeves gives them a nice slasher. They just have all the pieces. Titus Hunter, just a junkyard dog that does everything. Uh, I, I like Tri-Cities to advance in this one. Uh, plus, they're playing at home. I think that helps them a lot. Uh, but Tri-Cities, uh, they've just seen everybody, and they've taken everybody's best shot. And, you know, beating a Chattahoochee team that loves to score the ball, uh, that was a great win for them. And even Lanier was a really tough four seed out of Region 8. And, uh, um, you know, Monday's Mill won by four against Lee County in the first round, and they won by seven against Bradwell. Uh, so they beat a three seed and they beat a four seed. Uh, but I think Tri Cities, I just think they're a little bit more ready for this moment. But I know Monday's Mill is going to take this as some major motivation, as many teams do when they hear my voice when I pick against them. And, uh, you know, I think Monday's Mill definitely has the talent to be able to beat Tri Cities. But I think Tri Cities just might be a little more polished right now. This next game that we're going to preview in the Elite Eight in Class 6A is going to be Tucker versus Gainesville, both teams that had to fight hard. Uh, games going into double overtime in their respective Sweet 16 games. Yeah, Tucker, again, Region 4. Um, you know, we're about to see, but, you know, give credit to Region 4. Their two best teams have made it to the Elite Eight, and we said all season long, I don't know who's going to win Class 6A. I think 20 teams had a viable opportunity of winning the championship. And, you know, looking at the teams remaining, some usual suspects and some might have, you know, not have foreseen them getting this far, but nothing too insane right now. And Tucker beating Evans in that, you know, double overtime, like you mentioned, um, they're getting Gainesville. We did the same against uh, Cambridge, 98 to 88. Raphael Rubel had a career game, 42 points. Talking to a coach that was at this game, said he was the best point guard he's seen all year in person. And this is a coach that played in a very tough region, and that is – Great praise right there because Ruble can just score at all the levels so quick, tough to defend, and he's got some big football guys that are really starting to come around too for Gainesville, giving them some size down low uh, to match with uh, guard play Maurice Hector and uh, Brent Kelly, who are some veterans there. So Gainesville, they're really getting it turned up at the right time. Tucker, I'm looking for uh, Nathaniel Ogbu going to Dartmouth. Need him to really impact this game. I know he wants to be playing on the wing in college, but you know he really is a stretch four. Um, he's had a pretty nice season, about 11 points, eight rebounds, two blocks per game. I think he will be important. Jermonta Hill, 
uh, a high usage guard, but he's done well scoring about 15 points per game. But you can't forget about uh, the region player of the year, Nick Watson, a senior, uh, a three point dynamo. Uh, Gainesville is going to have to close out on him and know where he is at all times. Uh, I think this one is going to be another very interesting one. I think Tucker might have more individual talent. Uh, but Gainesville is really playing with some good confidence right now. And if Rafael Rubel has another really big game, I think it will be hard for Gainesville to get knocked off by Tucker. Another uh, chance for Region 5 to show if they're really cut out for it in this last game in Class 6A, Heritage Conyers is going to be taking on Alexander. Yeah, and Alexander, they were able to pull one out against South Cobb. So Alexander's had quite possibly the toughest road uh, to the Elite Eight. Tri-Cities Road was up there. Um, but definitely with Alexander beating a, a talented Decula team in the first round and then outlasting South Cobb uh, on the road, uh, that shows me that this team is ready uh, uh, to make a, a deep run in the postseason. And they were like, or what? I think they were a preseason number one heading into the year. So they're right where they need to be. Uh, Heritage has been up and down, up and down, had a really slow start to the year, but they find themselves where they were last year where they, you know, Oh, we turn around and what, what's Heritage doing in the Elite Eight? And then we turn around again and oh, Heritage, oh, they're in the Final Four. Um, so Vernon Denmark's done a great job with those guys. So he's got some, you know, very experienced uh, guards, Traylon Scott, uh, Josh Guilford, Adrian Boykin, uh, guys that know how to really play the game and know what Coach Denmark expects of them. And uh, they've had some good results throughout the year now. You know, they haven't had the toughest road compared to Alexander beat Richmond Hill by seven, beat Houston County by eight. Um, but this is a really tough team that if their guards get hot, um, they're going to be able to give some problems. But I think Alexander just with the, you know, Malik Battle, who played really, really out of his mind great against South Cobb. Brady Spence came back to that that Division One low major Division One form of protecting the rim and blocking shots and rebounding and scoring. Um, and then Bryce Robinson, another six, seven option off the bench and, you know, Jalen Brown and, you know, CJ Hawkins who can, you know, provide you a multitude of things when he's, 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 he's on. Uh, I think Alexander has a little bit too much weapons in the size as well. And plus they had the game at home. And that's why I think Alexander finds a way past heritage. In class five, we have Buford taking on Dutchtown first to preview Kyle and two different paths to the elite eight. Buford won their game by 26 points in the sweet 16, whereas Dutchtown won their sweet 16 game by one. Yeah. And it's uh talk about a team that really kind of snuck in here, but you got to give them credit. Dutchtown's only about 16 and 14, six and eight in the region. Uh, when the, the big field, Deontay King transferred out, uh, that really hurt their stock big time. Uh, but you're looking at guys like Cameron Hobbs stepped up, scoring from the perimeter. Uh, Cam Bryant hasn't really met the expectation been bestowed upon him as far as playing on a really big uh, AAU team. Uh, but he's been, it looks like he might have been in and out of the lineup and everything like that. I don't know where, what, where he stands right now as far as is he healthy or not. Uh, probably have to do some investigation on that. But if he is in the lineup, he is a guy that has a lot of upside and is very talented. Uh, but I haven't been able to see Dutchtown play at all this year. Uh, but they beat Wayne County on the road. That's a, I don't even know, but I could tell you right now, it's a hell of a long drive to go down the Wayne County. And, uh, I think it was a buzzer beater very close to a last second shot, uh, where Dutchtown got the job done. So they've been road warriors so far and, now they're going to Buford, uh, you know, City Arena, and Buford is they held Miller Grove to 48 points, Villa Rica to 38 points, and uh, I think Buford's just going to be too powerful. Marcus Watson, Donnell Nixon, you know all the cast of characters. Uh, I don't think Dutchtown's going to have enough uh, to get past Buford, especially over there at Buford. Also on the left side of Class 5A, we have Southwest DeKalb versus Woodland Stockbridge, which if your final regular season rankings are any indication, Southwest DeKalb was number three in your poll and Woodland Stockbridge number five. Yeah, I think that is going to be a great game. And I'm just looking at all these matchups across 5A, and I'm thinking that one could be the best one. Um, Woodland, I think Sincere Whitehead is going to be big. I think he's had a huge breakout season. I know he was pretty steady last year, but this year, you know, got a chance to see them against Jones County. Had a triple double. I'm talking a big, sturdy six foot eight throwback post, defends the rim, plays every single inch of six foot eight. 
uh, high points rebounds, just does all the things you want from a big man. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a big game or be very important in this game. I know he led them in scoring against Jonesboro in a really gritty game. So Woodland's shown that they can win the low-scoring games against Jonesboro, and they're going to have to put some points on the board against Southwest DeKalb. Um, I'm looking at a guy like Jalen Mason who knows Southwest Cab very well. He used to play at uh, Miller Grove. He knows all about these guys, so he knows that the Cab uh, County style of play. I think he'll be important with his athleticism and his on-ball defending. Curtis Purdue knocking down outside shots. Um, he's going to have to be on as well. Um, and you know, looking at Southwest Cab, they do have Katie Johnson, who is just just an animal out there. You know, he's an ultra competitor. He is tough to stop. A lot of injuries throughout this year. Uh, but they've kept the ball rolling with Katie Johnson. Uh, Jarrett Walton's had a really nice year stepping into a big-time role. And uh, James Glisson inside. So I'm looking for James Glisson versus Sincere Whitehead to be an interesting matchup. And then uh, if Woodland's going man, uh, I would be interested to see if Jalen Mason draws Katie Johnson. I think he has athleticism to keep up with them. Uh, but either way, I think this is a really good game, and this is definitely a coin flip game for me. Um, I'd like to lean towards Southwest Cab because of the home court advantage. So, In the top right quadrant of Class 5A, we have Kell versus Fayette County in your final regular season rankings, number 6 versus number 7, both teams who had double-digit victories in the Sweet 16. Kyle? Kell has, uh, you know, they've come out of nowhere. They had young pieces last year, and it's all been coming to fruition. You know, C.J. Henderson's going out with the bang. Justin Perry uh, having a great year. Scooter Henderson, the freshman who probably will be a freshman of the year in Class 5A, is just a stat sheet stuffer. Um, it's death by a thousand paper cuts. Everybody can hit you up for 10 to 12 points, and it adds up. And beating a, a good Cedar Shoals team who has some good individual talent that just shows Kell is – they're really for real, and they're going up against a Fayette County team who they beat Eagles Landing 68-54. to They flipped the switch after scoring just 38 points in the first round. Thought Fayette County's best basketball was behind them. Jacoby Coleman said, no, it is not. Um, Josh Jabri, uh, he, he felt, uh, followed suit as well. Ricky Knight knocking down shots. Um, Terrell Bradley, I think, is a good guard. Uh, you know, they got William Richard. They got a lot of pieces. Now, they don't have a ton of size, which – doesn't really hurt them and doesn't hurt Kell either because Kell doesn't have a ton of size. Both teams' tallest players about, I don't know, six five, six foot six on a great, great day, but closer to that six four to six six, six five range. Um, I think this game will be a, a fast paced game uh, and it's just really going to come down to is Fayette County knocking down their outside shots because they are really um, reliant on that three point shot. Um, Kell can defend at a high level. And I think it's going to be a really good basketball game. A lot of athleticism, a lot of defensive prowess out there. Um, I still am going to stand with Fayette County. I still think they, they do have the magic to, to make it to the state championship game. Um, but they have been up and down over the past month. But after that great win against Eagles Landing, uh, they might be back on an uptick. And finally, Kyle, we have Warner Robbins versus Lithonia. And these two teams, they definitely hooked up last year, and uh, Lithonia pushed Warner Robins to the brink, uh, and 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 a great game. And you know, we know Warner Robins is defending state champions, but everything could have been different uh, if they weren't able to escape Lithonia last year. And Lithonia is a young team that's you know they're they're getting older and coming into their own now. And you know, last year was 67-64. Um, when they lost in the Elite Eight in this in this exact same round. So Lithonia definitely has something to prove. And I'm looking at Eric Gaines to really have a, a big game and kind of pace this team. Uh, hyper-athletic guard, just wiry, um, very important to what they do. And Justin Miles, a six foot seven forward, blocks a lot of shots. He's had a big game in the state tournament already. I think that's an unsung guy that doesn't really get as much recognition as maybe he deserves. Um, as far as statewide goes, but I think he's a, a very talented player too. And you put around Eric Gaines, other solid guards, Bryson Rockcliffe, a senior, Nikizi Hawkins, who transferred in from Arabia Mountain. Uh, they got some dudes over there. Uh, but Warner Robbins, they, they have that toughness, that middle Georgia toughness. They're the defending state champions. They're not going to go down without a fight. Um, I'm looking for guys to really step up for them. Uh, Looking at guys like Trevon Williams, Quan Dillard, both those guys were first-team all-region picks. Uh, Jacoby Coleman has had a really nice year as, as well. So 
Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. I think Lithonia might be able to flip the script and uh, come out on top and get some revenge from last year's loss, but they're going to be going to Warner Robins, and that is going to be a very difficult game, uh, you know, a difficult environment to win at, but I think Lithonia with Eric Gaines, I think they might be ready to take that next step and clinch a Final Four berth. It is time to talk about Class 4A. Obviously, the bracket's been busted. Um, we talked about it in the Rapid Reactions podcast that never was at length. But the first game, St. Pius X versus America Sumter. America Sumter, who knocked off Upson Lee and who maybe has the toughest path to a championship out of any classification, Kyle. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very astute um you know, opinion right there. You know, they beat Salem 72 to 50. Salem's a good team. They go into the castle. They outscore ups and lead 21 to six in the fourth quarter. Trey Brown had a big game. Uh, Josh Lusane, very solid as well. Lusane picks up a, an Alcorn State offer uh, this weekend. Um, America Sumter, they got to be riding high. But the thing I'm worried about here, you're going to St. Pius. America Sumter, they have to be careful that last week's game was not their state championship game. I am worried that they could potentially come out flat after dethroning this two-time defending state champions. There is a real possibility that they could come out flat against St. Pius because that is a very long drive. That's probably over two hours to get to Atlanta to play Pius. And, uh, you know, you can't sleepwalk against St. Pius with that press they put on with the Gonzalo twins up front, Matt Gonzalo, Brian Gonzalo, Nico Broadway, Zach Ranson at the forward position. They come at you in waves, and they are nonstop. They, you know, if America Sumter comes out sleepwalking, um, they very well could wake up, and it could be a 16-2 to two game at the tip. Now, I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I think America Sumter and Coach Hoppower is going to have their boys focus, but there is always a potential natural letdown uh, when you beat a great team like Ups and Lee. But, you know, you beat the one big boss, and now you beat, you know, you got to go up against a second big boss. And if you beat Ups and Lee – at Upsley and you beat St. Pius at St. Pius, it gets very difficult to pick against America Sumter. Um, but I, I think St. Pius will find a way to win this one. But you know everything we thought we knew in Class 4A, as far as Upsley, St. Pius, Sandy Creek, those are your three teams, and everyone's you know chasing them. Uh, you can kind of throw everything out the window. I think this could be Region One's year to really make a make a run in the state title, whether it be America Sumter or Carver Columbus. And also on the left side of Class Four A, we have Sandy Creek versus Thompson. Very scary. Sandy Creek. They were tight, tight, tight with Blessed Trinity into the fourth quarter, and that is, uh, you know, I know Blessed Trinity's well coached, and they're going to slow it down and run their sets and everything, but. Sandy Creek really struggled with Blessed Trinity, and they, they pulled it out, ended up being by 16 points. But this is a really tight game from what I hear with about four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Um, so Sandy Creek, they're, they're definitely going to have to play a lot better. Thompson with the impressive win over Doherty. Uh, Thompson, Xander Hamilton, a forward inside. Uh, they got a couple guys that are, you know, they're solid. They're all, I, I feel like they're all fairly interchangeable, all about six foot two and athletic and will bang down low and, you know, a couple decent shooters, nothing, you know, outstanding or crazy. Uh, but Xander Hamilton really paces them inside. Matt Daniels had a big game. Uh, Aubrey Ivory is good. Uh, they just have a lot of, a lot of guys that, you know, they can throw out there and they'll be able to match Sandy Creek as far as athleticism goes. Um, I, I I think Sandy Creek, I've been saying, I think they're the most talented team in Class 4A all season long, so I don't want to jump ship on them just yet. But I think their their game against Blessed Trinity uh, had to be a nice reality check for them. I think Coach John Michael Nickerson can use that as an example of saying, hey, it, you, we can't just roll the ball out this time of year just because you feel like you're stepping on the court and you're looking at the other team and they don't look like they can p- compete at that same level as you. Uh, we can't have any of that. So I think he'll use that as a tool to refocus the Patriots, and I think T.J. Bickerstaff and company, uh, I I think they get right at home and they advance on to the Final Four. Also in Class 4A, we have Woodward Academy versus Denmark, uh, two teams who had fairly close games, I believe a five-point and a three-point game in the Sweet 16. What do you expect to see here, Kyle? Woodward Academy again, they, you know, I thought, okay, we survived Westover. Now we got Cross Creek, Cross Creek, a two-seed Cross Creek's, 
you know, a, a good quality team, I think. But I thought Woodward, they were going to, you know, get some separation, win this game, uh, you know, maybe 10 points or so. But they had to get Logan Stevens at three free throws with about a second left to advance past Cross Creek. But, you know, I, they, they, they're going to have to play better basketball. And you got Walker Kessler, who's just going to be dominant all throughout. You have no answer for him. Ja'Cory Turner is a football player. Not super skilled, but plays very hard, and he, you know, he he can slash to the basket, and he can score, and he has just enough of a jump shot uh, to keep defenses honest, and that's been the big two. And I like Michael Whitmore at the point guard position. He's he's quick, and he does good things defensively, and he he's good for uh, what Coach Anthony Thompson's trying to do over there. Uh, but outside of that, I I struggle with the you know the, the I guess the fourth and fifth options as far as. Well, Demaris is a three-point shooter. If his jump shot's not on, uh, he's not really able to create too much off the bounce. Um, I think that that hurts him. I do like Logan Stevens, who comes off the bench. I think he provides him with a shot of shot in the arm at times. Um, but they're they're going to Denmark, a first-year program, and Denmark's going to have the best point guard on the floor with Son Smith, the sophomore. Uh, he is tough as nails, and they have two athletes that can match up. With Ja'Cory Turner, Adonis Tolbert, and Zayden Capers, a wide receiver on the football team, both about six foot five. So that, that's your big three right there for Denmark. And similar to Woodward, where are you going to get it uh, outside of your big three? Uh, uh, you know, you, you need your role players to really step up this time of year. But this game's going to be at Denmark again. I wouldn't, you know, I can't see Woodward blowing out Denmark at this point, uh, especially if Denmark presses. I don't really know what they do, but if they can put some pressure on those Woodward guards and, you know, at the right spots and turn them over and get out in transition. And, you know, you really got to try and limit Walker Kessler's touches, which is, you know, pretty impossible as far as, you know, he's seven foot tall and he's a five star, but I don't think Denmark's just going to roll over. I think Denmark has a real shot at advancing to a final four in their first year. And Woodward's going to have to play good basketball to, um, to get to Fort Valley state. And the opposite in the last game of 4A in terms of Sweet 16 performances, Carver Columbus, who was mentioned a bit earlier from Region 1, they beat Howard 76-49. to In Cartersville, they beat West Hall 83-55. to And Cartersville is one of those teams that has had one of the easiest paths in Class 4A. Madison County, um, that was a scary result right there in itself, squeaking out a two-point win. Then they see, um, what, like a nine-win West Hall team. Uh, they obliterate them. And now I think things get a lot different uh, against Carver, who has Devin Flowers, Jalen King, A.J. Watts averaging 20 points per game, a bunch of just dog mentality guys that are athletic and gonna play fast and just go, go, go and attack, attack, attack on both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, Perry and, Dw- Perry and Dyer is going to have to have a, a great game shooting the rock. Uh, Isaac Ridley is going to have to have one of his finest high school performances, uh, but I just don't think they're going to have enough to match Carver-Columbus, especially on the road over there in Columbus. I think it's going to be a circus. It's going to be a zoo, and they're going to be, you know, they're going to smell blood in the water. They're going to be out for blood, and Carver is going to want that Final Four appearance, and I think they will be able to achieve that. We are now on our way down to Class 3A in our first matchup in the top left quadrant. is going to be uh, Morgan County versus Tattnall County. Morgan County just beat GAC by 13 in what many called the premier matchup in Class 3A uh, over the past couple of days. Tattnall County, they did beat Worth County 72-58. to uh, I, I mean, you, you, you hit the nail on the head with Morgan County handling GAC like that by 13 points. Um Morgan County is is the favorite to win the title game, and it's just like how it was all season long in the polls. They were jockeying for position with GAC going back and forth to the one spot and the two spot and the one spot. And I don't think they're going to have a lit down uh, as far as, well, this was our state championship game. I don't think they're going to have that let down. Uh, I think that'll be the pundits such as us that view it. At, but Jamon's going to have his team ready. Uh, but they're going up against well-coached Tattnall County team. Darian Cohn is a solid scorer who's averaging probably around 14 points per game or so. Uh, Pat Oglesby, solid as well. Uh, Keandre Kane, pretty solid. Desmond Kennedy. So they got a lot of guys that can hit you for, you know, 10 to 12 points here and there. Uh, but I just, I just cannot foresee Tattnall County, uh, coming out and winning in Madison at Morgan County. Stephen Green, Tyron Lawrence, um, Alec Woodard, all, all the guys we've come to know and love as far as high school basketball fans are, those guys are tough. 
I think Morgan County will just be too too strong, too powerful for Tattnall County, and they're going to advance to the Final Four. Another pair of one seeds meeting up in the Elite Eight. It's going to be Windsor Forest versus Cedar Grove. Windsor Forest, you got to give them credit. They've been proving the doubters wrong. They shut down Westside Macon's uh, tough guard duo. Shamar Norman, who we projected in the, the preview, we said he's going to have to knock down a lot of shots. I think he had about 28 points. So Windsor Forest feeling very good. Now they come to Atlanta, and they're on the road against Cedar Grove. Um, you know, Cedar Grove, the one kind of bugaboo with Cedar Grove, they are a good defensive team, but they don't score the ball all that well. I know Canaris Cummings is an athletic, you know, energy guy, six foot five wing that's going to rebound and alter some shots and do a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Um, we're talking about guys like Devin Barnes, who has, have been there for it seems like an eternity, uh, and those two guys are co-players of the year in Region Five. Um, and Jakeem Faulkner, another six foot four, six foot five uh, forward presence for them. Uh, but they're going to have to score the ball against Windsor Forest. Simfield is going to put points on the board. And uh, I think Cedar Grove, as far as having home court advantage, I think that's going to benefit them. But Windsor Forest has more than enough to win this game. And I haven't necessarily been 100% a believer in Cedar Grove. They had a great start there, about 9-0. and And then they lost like seven of their last you know nine games over a crazy stretch that I think dropped them out of the rankings at one point. Um but I think both teams have good chances at advancing Windsor Force. I think they're going to have a little more offensive firepower, but Cedar Grove being at home and being a team that has seen a lot of good teams throughout the year uh, and has been anchored in uh, you know state tournament runs, I think Cedar, Grove's, Cedar Grove finds a way to grind this one out in a, in a low-scoring game. But I would not be shocked at all if Windsor Force somehow finds himself in the Final Four, uh, really putting the pieces together at the right time. Elsewhere in Class 3A, we have Dawson County versus Franklin County. Dawson County, who finished number three in your final rankings in Class 3A, they beat Westminster 62-40 to versus Franklin County, who got the at-large bid in Class 3A, that one extra spot that got that went to the highest-ranked um, team not already in the playoffs by the Max Preps formula, supposedly. They beat Beach by 5, 62-57. So it's going to be Dawson County versus Franklin County. Don't tell Franklin County they don't have a shot because they were at a sportal showcase. They played Monday Mill to a two-point game. That potentially could have played a big role in helping them uh, get that final spot, playing a really talented uh, higher classification team and uh, you know played them close. That might have played a little bit of a role uh, in them getting that, that final at-large bid. Um, but I'm telling you, Franklin County is going to be tough. They got Keelan Rutledge inside, a freshman big man. They got another freshman big uh, who aren't, you know, they're not going to score 20 points, but they know how to play basketball. But it's all going to start with Titus Brown in the breakout season. He has had averaging probably about 18 points per game. Uh, you forget Michael Roebuck can get hot too. Those two guards are very dynamic. Malik Combs runs the show at the point guard position. But Franklin County, I mean, you go into Central Macon and you hold them to 43 points. I know Central missed a ton of free throws, but you go in and you win in a hostile environment. Then you play a team that is even more athletic. You go to Beach. You win at Beach. Now you're playing Dawson County. I think Dawson County will be the favorite in this one. Um, I think Dawson County is just a little too well-rounded with Luke Chisholm and Jasper Gibson and Eli Burris and Amal. Kamara and you know they just got a lot of guys over there that all have come together and have played very well and I just I don't see Dawson County uh, beating GAC for the region championship and then falling to an at-large team in the Elite Eight but Franklin County they're not your average at-large team they came from region eight where they played Morgan County they played Hart County they played Jefferson they played all these very very good teams that have spent time Rank highly in the top ten, so Franklin County knows what it's like to play um, very talented uh, teams like that. Uh, Jason Shaver is a hell of a coach. He's going to have a great game plan for Dawson County, and if they execute, they definitely have a shot in this one. Um, but I would tend to lean towards Dawson County advancing past them. But Franklin County, they're going to scrap and claw to the final buzzer, and be careful because Titus Brown can get hot, and he can carry this Franklin County team. And finally, in Class 3A, we have Johnson-Savannah versus Hart County. 
Johnson barely won against Crisp County. Not too impressive, but a win is a win at this time of year. Won by three points. And, you know, we're looking at that very weak uh, Savannah region. They got their two top dogs in the Elite Eight. So that, that is, you know, it is what it is. They're, they're, they're handling their business. And 3A is kind of, you know, been a, a little up and down at, at spots. But uh, Johnson Savannah doing good things at the right time. Uh, but Hart County. Again, they had a close one against North Murray. They were up big on North Murray. North Murray came storming back at home, started knocking down outside shots. But, but again, in a key spot, who does Hart County turn to? Sean Webb, the sophomore, 6-3, hits a huge three to make it 50-50, to ties the game up. Then uh, Eliza Robinson goes down and gets the game-winning bucket, 56-54, I like this Hart County team a lot. Johnson's going to have a lot bigger dudes, bigger size. They're going to be able to match that quickness and athleticism. Because, um, you know, make no mistake, Hart County has had the athleticism check against Pace Academy and definitely North Murray. So Johnson could be a tough matchup for him. Who is going to guard Lamont Sams inside? Brandon Harris has high major offers. He could always turn it on and play like a high major player as a 6'6 wing. It's going to be tough for Hart County, but if they want to win, it's going to have to be guys like Elijah Robinson. Sean Webb is going to have to guard multiple positions, hit timely shots. They're going to have to get off to a fast start. Uh, I think their defense is going to really have to turn it up a notch. Uh, they're going to have to slow down a Mondre Bowles, who's very good. But I think it all starts defensively for Hart County. And if the Bulldogs can lock in, I think they can get past the Adam Smashers. I'll be very interested to see what kind of game plan Harry Marsh comes up with. But Hart County has had a heck of a year. Jordan Langston, all those guys. Um, it's going to be a tough matchup with a bigger Johnson team. But Hart County has a lot of heart, uh, no pun intended. And I think this game is going to be a really good one. We are now on to Class 2A. On Thursday night, while we were driving back home from Grayson, we were recording the Rapid Reactions podcast that never was, unfortunately. You went on the record to say you are fully back on board the Woodville Tompkins train. So now that you have a couple nights to sleep on it, Kyle, do you still believe that as Woodville Tompkins takes on Elbert County? I think it have to be. They demolished Thomasville. Demolished Thomasville, and they had six foot nine Titus Ride inside. We're okay, well... They have a big dude in Vontarius Woolbright. They got some guys. They demolished them. They blew them out, Ramin. And they're playing an Elbert County team who I love. I love A.J. James. He is one of my favorite players in the state of Georgia, and I think he is he's going to be a tough cookie for Woodville. Um, but I don't know if Elbert County is going to be able to shoot the ball uh, quite well enough uh, to get past uh, a, a tough, long team in uh, Woodville Tompkins. And Woodville's going to – Slap that press on them. I'll be interested to see what Elbert County does as far as are they able to break the press and and do it in a, a you know a good fashion, timely fashion. Uh, Jamison Cyfor is a undersized guy, but he's a big time rebounder. He's going to have to compete at a high level on the glass with AJ James to battle with the likes of Preston Crisp, um, Bernard Pelote inside guys like that. Uh, so I'm looking for Elbert County. To, uh, they're going to have a good game plan, and this is a game I'm, I'm tempted to go out there. It's going to be at the Inferno. It's going to be a tough place to play for Woodville Tompkins. This is Woodville's first road game in the state tournament this year, so they're not going to have the luxury of those home fans. In Elbert County, I have a sneaky suspicion they're going to pack this place out, but I don't know. I think Woodville is going to be just too tough. I know Elbert County is coming from a solid Region 8, uh, but I don't know. I don't know if Woodville's going to see another team play them to within single digits uh, until maybe the Final Four and maybe the state championship. And I love Elbert County. I love A.J. James. I can't harp on that enough. But uh, with Alfred Coxum, uh, Chris, we mentioned, uh, Charleston Willingham, who is just an X factor, just another, just a dog out there who is going to match the toughness and athleticism of anybody Elbert County puts on the floor. Uh, I just really like Woodville Tompkins and defense travels remains and uh, coach Lenny Williams rides those guys extremely hard and he expects the best out of them and they have not failed uh, to deliver quite yet and I think they're going to march their way on to Georgia College. Also on the left side of class 2A Northeast Macon is taking on Therrell. Um, Northeast Macon won by 20, Therrell won by, sorry, Northeast Macon won by 12, Therrell won by 20 in their Sweet 16 games. Ramin, I'm putting Therrell on upset 
watch right now. I have not been impressed with Thrill so far yet. 74-59 in the first round against Model. Okay. But this was a two-point game at the half, Ramin. I know it's at Bremen. I know it's probably a tough place to play. But a two-point game at the half. Now, they they held Bremen to two points in the third quarter and bust the game open. But Thrill, I need Thrill to play a complete game, a 32-minute game, dominate from start to finish. This is a state tournament. This is not time to be letting lesser teams hang around with you, especially when you have the superior basketball players, the superior athletes. Farrell needs to start playing better basketball, and I, I, I really don't know because Northeast Macon's a tough a tough group as well. Uh, Darius Dunn is a really good player who's going to be a Division II player. Uh, Columbus State has been all over him. He's really good. Uh, Cameron Cherry's good as well. Tyree Gilbert, that three-headed monster who have they, they've been building. They've been building. They've been building. When those guys were all freshmen, they were winning three games a year, then like seven games, 11 games, 13. You know, every single year they increase that win total. And Northeast Macon has been very, very good this year. And it's at Northeast Macon. Thrill, I'm a little scared for Thrill right now. Romanson, we are we already know the the uh, the personnel about Thrill. They push the pace. Uh, Rashawn Frederick, I love his game. Robbie Armbrester is a bull in a china shop down low. I'll be interested to see if Northeast Macon has anybody that can keep them off the glass and defend the paint. Uh, but the way to beat Thrill, force them to shoot outside shots, and if they oblige and they're ice cold, they are in trouble. I don't know what type of defense Northeast Macon's going to run, uh, and I, I'm worried about can they handle Armbrester and Cam Fortson inside, but. I mean, Bremen was able to do it for an, a, a half. I know it's only 16 minutes, but they, they proved that uh, with not as many athletes as Northeast Macon or quite as talented ball players, they were able to play them to two points in the first half. And Thurl's going to have to play a lot better if they want to get past Northeast Macon on the road. So Thurl, it's time for a wake-up call. I know they won by 20 points, but that was not a dominant 20-point victory. On the right side of Class 2A, Laney versus Callaway. Laney keeps sneaking into the tournament. Very disappointing. Washington County, these teams just really fold up on the boys and girls side when they see Laney. And Laney is they're, they're playing good basketball at the right time. They won the region. But let's be honest. Let's be honest with each other. This is probably Laney's, no knock on anybody, but just factually speaking, this is probably Laney's least talented team in about five or six years when, you know, probably – I don't even know. Before they had uh, you know, uh, Christian Keeling and Zepp Jasper and all those guys who won, 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 won. I don't. I, I had to go back and look the last time they didn't surpass 20 wins in the regular season. I don't even know if they got there this year. If they did, it was very close. Pulling up Laney's record right now, they're 22 and eight. So that you know they they finished that season with about 20 wins. Um, but they've been just doing what Laney does. I'm sure they're pressing they're getting after it defensively maurice page was a, a first team all region selection uh tony S- S- sanford uh jarvis washington just uh tough guys juan collins just a, a bunch of uh, tough cookies and uh laney's gonna you know defend and they're gonna have to play a team that has gotten hot at the right time callaway a three seed out of region five they beat Banks County 86-83 in overtime. Then they beat Chatuga on the road 71-59. And Demetrius Coleman has been the spark plug. Uh, a little guard, a sophomore, had 43 points in the first round against Banks, had 20 in the second round against Chatuga. So this is a team that has some firepower. Uh, Javante Body had 23 points. Cowboy came out hot and was able to, to ride that to victory against Chatuga. So, this is kind of an interesting game. I don't know. Callaway has two really good guards that can score the rock. Uh, can they handle the pressure of Laney? Uh, we shall see, but I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to see Callaway uh, get into the Final Four. I think it's going to be extremely tough considering they're going to Laney, and Laney has that winning tradition. And a team that's coming into the tournament uh, with about, what, 12 or 13 wins, something like that. Callaway did not have a ton of wins. Uh, I, I feel like it might be uh, maybe far-fetched uh, that Callaway can get past Laney, but uh, we, we just mentioned this is not Laney of old. This is a, a Laney team that has had some decent wins and some bad wins throughout the season, but 13-10 and 10 Callaway, uh, I think they're a live underdog as long as their outside shots are falling. Uh, but I think Laney would have to be considered the favorite in this one. And to round out Class 2A, we have uh, South Atlanta versus Vidalia. Both teams finished in the top five in your final regular season ranking. South Atlanta at number two, Vidalia at number four. 
This should be a very good game. Um, I'm very interested to see what Vidalia concocts as far as a game plan goes. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they can defend uh, South Atlanta. They got some quickness over there, but Tommy Daly does a really good job. Um, but I'm looking for Vidalia. They're going to have to get big, big, big production from Anthony Jones, Anthony Murphy, Antrell Williams, Xavier McClendon. Um, this is a team that made it to the state championship game last year, and we'll try to erase how it ended up. But uh, Vidalia is a good team, and they've played Woodville Tompkins as tight as anybody in Class 2A all season long. So if it's correct that they've seen the best of the best um, going up against South Atlanta, it's, it's going to be difficult, but uh, I think it's doable. And Vidalia beat Early County on the road 49-46. South Atlanta beat Center 81-71. Now, I'm looking at South Atlanta with uh, Jaquavin Florence, a breakout junior who we saw in the summer, and I thought this kid could have a, a big-time year, ended up winning region player of the year. He's an explosive scorer, very athletic. Demetrius Headspeth, six foot seven inside. Julius Lyman, six foot six inside. Um, Gary Davis, uh, Rohan Garner, all these guys that South Atlanta can really um, throw out there. Michael Reddick has won state championships. He has a nice, a nice group to go into war with and John Lawton uh the the freshman he is athletic and he is tough nosed and he will get in you defensively I wouldn't be surprised to see if he draws some of uh, Vidalia's top guards and tries to slow them down but I think it's going to be a hell of a game I mean and considering that it's in South Atlanta at South Atlanta it's a game that you know a game I'm fairly interested in going to see I don't know if I'll be able to get out there but it's going to be tough travel for Vidalia I know they've been road warriors in that second round coming off a win at Early County but South Atlanta is really good this year, and if Vidalia can find a way past South Atlanta, uh, they're in really good shape. But South Atlanta is South Atlanta. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be tough, but if South Atlanta can play at their pace, I think they win this one. But Vidalia is very good defensively. On to Class A private. Both Class A private and Class A public pretty chalk here, but we'll start with A private. We have uh, number one, and these are power ranking seeds one through 16 in the case of the A's. Number one, St. Francis versus number eight, Savannah Country Day. Yeah, St. Francis, this should, be a, this should be a blowout. No disrespect to Savannah Country Day, but it's just a different animal. You know, at one point, uh, St. Francis coming off a 28-point win against Pinecrest Academy. Savannah Country Day has never seen DeWan Odom, a player like that before, even a Chase Ellis. Um, they just haven't seen uh, guys of this caliber. C.J. Riley, a great three-point shooter. Jordan Brown has come into his own as a freshman. Um, St. Francis just way too strong. Uh, I think they, they they blow this one out oh, you know, way, way, way out of proportion. Uh, I think they blow this one out uh, as long as they come in focus and they don't you know, overlook a team like Savannah Country Day, but I could see St. Francis winning this one by about 25-plus. In theory, what should be the most evenly matched game in Class A private, number four, Mount Bethel versus number five, Green Forest? This should be a very good game, Ramin, and I would uh, I would think that this is a game that a lot of hoop heads in the state of Georgia should try and go out and see if you're in that in that area there. Um, and it's going to be good because we're talking Jordan Mecca, six foot inside, freak athlete, great shot blocker, a rim runner, a Stanley Easy, who I'm a huge fan of, going to Francis Marion, uh, six foot five, super, super high motor, can defend, rebounds very well. Coleman Boyd, solid as well. And Jace Harrison can knock down some outside shots. Now, Bethel doesn't have a ton of um, depth, so that could play a factor. Uh, but I don't know. Green Force, a team that is always bringing in guys from all over the world, literally all over the world. Uh, Lamar Odin has been very good, a 6'6 wing, Acor Acor, a 6'8 big man. Um, Nathaniel Brown, RJ Nord, Kai Cook. I mean, Green Force, it's a revolving door every single year, but there's never a shortage of talent, length, uh, and you know, just good overall ball players. This is going to be an interesting matchup here. Uh, I don't know. I think um, we're, we're looking at Coach Boyd, Cal Boyd. I think he's going to have to come up with a very good game plan to beat Green Force. And I, I think it's doable. Uh, I think Green Force is really, really tough. Uh, but I do kind of like Mount Bethel with that championship DNA. I know it was a GICAA, I think it was. But they're coming in with, uh, I think it's two straight state championships. That means something. That is state championship DNA. And I think Mount Bethel 
in a nail biter, a really heavyweight matchup back and forth. Uh, I think they win this one at home. On the right side of A, private number two, Elka versus number seven, Riverside Military. Riverside Military, uh, they really turned it on. And with Shad Dabney transferring in this this offseason from Gainesville, uh, man, he had like 17 points, 15 points in the fourth quarter to rally past Walker. And Walker imploded from what I heard as far as missing free throws and just fell apart. But they won 64-63 with the cadets in the stands. Now they're not going to have that luxury. They're going to McDonough to play Elka. But Riverside Military, they have some dudes. They have some football players. They have a lot of size. When you're talking about guys like Isaac Teasley, who's a, a strong six foot five presence that can score inside and out, um, uh, Khalid Duke, who's a Division One football signee, who's going to be rough and tumble around the rim. Uh, with that being said, I think Elka is on a path to make it to the Final Four in the state championship, I feel like. I think the winner of this game has to feel very confident about making it to the state championship. But Makai Cameron has been really good this year. Trevon Reddish, just overall floor game, um, just able to distribute and rebound and attack the basket. Um, we got Calvin. Um, Calvin Jones knocking down outside shots. Kamari Smith, Felix Uadiali just rebounding. I think they'll have just enough pieces and just a little more depth, and I think they'll be able to pull away late from Riverside. But uh, Riverside is uh, a live underdog, and if Shad Dabney gets going, uh, he can carry this team. But I think Elka will be able to handle the physicality of Riverside, and I think Elka will advance. In order to get to the championship, the winner of that Elko Riverside military game will have to play the winner of this Christian Heritage North Cobb Christian game. Christian Heritage beat Wesley in 58-45, to and North Cobb Christian really the only upset to occur in the Sweet 16 in A Private. They beat Lakeview Academy 80-73. to Yes, and uh, you know these are two teams that have met each other in their you know I guess it's what region six. So these teams are quite familiar with each other. They've played before, and, and it looks like in their their first matchup at North Cobb Christian, uh, Christian Heritage got blown out seventy five to fifty one. But then they played again on uh, January twenty fifth, and you know Christian Heritage won home court advantage fifty to forty six. And Christian Heritage getting past Wesleyan uh, that's that's a big win. And this program. Uh, you can't give enough credit to Tyler Watkins and how he's really just turned this thing into a big-time winner. And they might not have the, the 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 best athletes comparable to you know Green Forest or Elka or some of these other St. Francis, all these talented teams. Um, and they might not have the highest-ranked prospects, but we saw Christian Coneman go to Georgia College last year, and now I don't know if they have a Division II guy on the roster this year. But this is still a very uh, experienced team. They got a handful of seniors. They got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven seniors on this team. AJ Kent at the forward spot on the wing. Zach Gentry, uh, Drew Clements, a junior. So they got a lot of guys that know how to win games. And Drew Clements was a first team All Region selection. AJ Kent was a second teamer, and Evan Lester, uh, a physical six foot five forward, uh, was an honorable mention pick. But they're going up against a North Cobb Christian team who. You know, I don't think we ever had them in our top 10, and they weren't great this year. They're definitely not what North Cobb Christian has been in years past, but they are extremely young. And to pull out a great win against a, a senior-laden group in Lakeview Academy, that means, you know, that, that that talent was able to win out. They only got one senior on the roster, but Josiah Scott is a wiry guard that's really cat-quick. Bobby Moore transferred in from Harrison. Uh, they got this Cammy Young, who was a freshman who had a, a big-time year. Uh, you got Caleb Crumley, six foot nine inside. So a lot of a lot of youth. You got four freshmen on the roster, three sophomores, three juniors. Uh, so they're probably a year ahead of schedule right now. But North Cobb Christian, uh, Cammy Young was a first teamer. Trey Chapman and more second team picks in the all region selection and Crumley and Scott honorable mention. Um, so this is a, a senior group, senior, you know, experienced group in Christian Heritage versus a young team in North Cobb Christian. Uh, this game will be played at Christian Heritage, and I think they have a huge home court advantage, and that place is going to be wild. And for that reason, that's why I kind of like uh, Christian Heritage to advance past North Cobb Christian to beat a younger team, and especially that younger team going on the road playing a hostile environment. And last but not least, we are down to Class A Public, our eighth classification of boys GHSA basketball in the state of Georgia for the Elite Eight. First off, we're going to have Calhoun County versus Pelham. Calhoun County, who went undefeated through the season and has stayed at number one in our polls for a long time, Kyle. 
Yeah, they're really tough, and they beat the brakes off of Drew Charter, who had a Division One player in Marcus Foster, but they beat the brakes off them, 81-54. to Tykavius Curry and Brian Smith were co-region players of the year. Tykavius Curry's a dang good sophomore that Metro Atlanta people need to start tracking because he's that good, and he has a really good future ahead of him. Um, so it's it's going to be tough for Pelham uh, to beat this 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 just this powerhouse that Calhoun County has been, and even last year they had a, a great year and they weren't able to capitalize. But Rayshon Williams, who's since graduated, they lost three games last year and just was never never able to win that championship uh, for Williams in his later years. But they're playing a Pelham team. They beat them 65-48 in their first meeting, and they beat them 72-53 in the region championship. Uh, I don't really see much changing here. I know Kemon Terry's boy Bird is a, a good athlete, about six foot four, a uh, tough nose kid, and Kendrick Patterson. I think he's a football player as well. But uh, Calhoun County, I just think uh, Coach Marcus Shaw has way too many options to turn to. Jamal Wiley was a first teamer. Uh, Edwin Wims, a first teamer. Uh, they just got a lot of firepower, and I think they're hell bent on getting to a state championship. Also on the left side of the bracket, it's going to be Marion County versus Wilkinson County. Number four seeded Marion County versus number five Wilkinson County. A uh, Wilkinson County team who has been, or who at least I should say, finished number two in our power rankings, Kyle. Yeah, and this uh, is uh, a team that has really turned it up. Wilkinson County, as you remember, I mean, they were out of the top ten for a while. They started the season like two and nine or something like that. They were playing really tough teams, and it has prepared them, but – uh, Marion County won a region championship this year, first region championship in a long time. If I'm not mistaken, Josh Rogers is a, a heck of an athlete and has been a, a big scorer and just a dynamo out there for many years. He's a senior now. Uh, but with that being said, I think Wilkinson County, even though they're going on the road, which Marion County, that's, that's going to be big for them, but I think Wilkinson County is just going to be a whole other animal, and I think they're going to be able to blow these guys out of the water. Um, which is crazy to crazy to think that they're going on the road and they're going to beat a team this bad. But I'm looking at Marion County, and uh, I know it was really early on in the season, but they did play Macon County, uh, um, a mutual opponent, in their first meeting, first game of the season. They lost 81-49, to and they, they played them in the championship game of the region tournament and won 76-75, and you might ask, why does that matter? Why does that matter what they did against uh, against Macon County? Well, Wilkinson County beat the brakes off of Macon County twice, 71 to 40 and 76 to 49. And you know, we're just talking about a team that got beat badly and then beat them by one point in the region championship. With that being said, Jalen Lamar, Christian Lamar, um, Jacob Crockett, um, Raquan Smith, all those guys, I think Wilkinson County blows Marion County out. As we delve into the right hemisphere of the Class A public bracket, I would be remiss not to mention that the Class A public is all chalk one through eight. All eight top uh, power rank seeds have made it to the Elite Eight. And with that being said, number two, Trutland versus number seven, Hancock Central. Kyle? Trutland has long been a team that has a sexy, sexy record, but then they just can't get over the hump. They'll fall in the Final Four, something like that. Now, they got a lot of seniors, and they got some experience on this team this year um, with Arcavius Lovett and guys like that, Cameron Jordan. They got some tough, tough cookies on this team as well, and they got some athletes, and they can play really fast. And Hancock Central, they're not going to try and put 80, 90 points on the board. Uh, they'll punch you in the mouth. And I guess Reginald Reynolds is back after his suspension. Uh, that's a very solid six foot five forward. Curtavius Culver, uh, solid as well. Um, they got some big physical presences inside that can really, um, be road graders and try and slow down Trutland's high flying act. Trutland has this game at home, but Hancock Central has been really, really good all season long. And again, let's talk about mutual opponents. Uh, we're just talking about Trutland versus uh, Montgomery County. Um, Trutland won 93-57 in their first meeting against Montgomery. Then they won 77-56 and they won 67-48. So all blowouts. Uh, so that bodes pretty well. And Hancock was able to blow them out by 22 points last round. So this should be a really good game. It's a team that wants to you know, grind you out and play physical in Hancock where Trutland's going to press and get a lot of steals and be high flying. Um, but I've been a believer in Hancock all season long. And I think Trutland, uh, I think, you know, it's probably now or never with this roster. 
but I think Hancock proves that Region 7 toughness, and they go in there, and they find a way to get past Trutland in a really good game. In our last game to preview, Carl, on the boys' side, we have number three, Irwin County, versus number six, Wilcox County. Irwin County won their Sweet 16 game by eight, Wilcox County by nine. Yes, this is uh, another very interesting game. I heard uh, Irwin County, they shot a, a ton of free throws in that great win over uh, Green County. But they got some guys that can put the ball in the basket. Uh, they're going up against Wilkins, uh, Wilcox County, who handled Macon County. And we already talked about all the juniors in our previous podcast, Wilcox County. I think that's a, a really good team that can uh, put some points on the board. Uh, Des Tisdall is a physical football player that, that scores a lot for them, and they got a lot of other options as well. Uh, but the guy I'm looking at for Irwin County, if they want to win, uh, it's going to have to be um, Jamari Coulson. Javaris, Jamari Coulson, if I'm reading this correctly. Uh, I believe he had 33 points against Green County in their last round game. So, you know, hit a ton of ton of free throws. Him and then uh, looks like Javin Stanley. Trying to read the book here. Hard to read the book. But those two guys, uh, two guys that can fill it up, can score points for them. I think they're going to have to be really big. They got this home game against Wilcox. I think that will be very important for Irwin County. And, you know, these are two teams that they uh, they definitely know each other. They definitely know each other. Uh, coming out of that same region, Um uh, Irwin beat Wilcox 73-66 in their first meeting. Then they played at Wilcox. They lost 76-74. So now here's the rubber match. Uh, And if I had to pick a team, uh, I kind of want to lean towards Wilcox, even though uh, going on the road, it's going to be very difficult to go on the road and win at Irwin County. But I think Wilcox might have just enough uh, fortitude to get that job done with some tough-nosed guys, Clint Bloodsworth's team. Uh, I think they're going to rely on that trio of juniors, and I think they find a way to get past Irwin County and into the Final Four. Kyle, I appreciate your time. That has been all 32 games in the Elite Eight on the boys' side. Um, They're tipping off here very soon this week. So, again, go out, support these teams. As always, we'll give you a chance to catch your breath, and we will have a separate podcast coming out at about the same time. Check the feed. Check wherever you find this podcast for the Girls Elite Eight previews. That is going to be recorded here in a couple of minutes on our side. So go take a listen to that if you wish. And uh, until then, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.